welcome to the Holistic You podcast. I'm your host, James Wyler. The purpose of this podcast is to teach you the things you didn't get taught in school, to teach you the things your parents didn't teach you about living a balanced life, from career through to spirituality, knowledge through to inspiration, exercise through to wealth, and nutrition through to relationships. We help inspire you with the confidence for your own personal development journey. Welcome back, guys. Today's episode is part two of a two-part series with Olivia Arizolo, who is a sleep expert. Now, last episode with Olivia, we covered all sorts of things, including how she actually got into the all-important area of sleep, her key principles of how we can sleep better. She described and talked about what a circadian rhythm is and how this is important when it comes to sleep different types of sleep disorders and the best ways to treat those disorders, how magnesium and other vitamins and foods can help in the sleep process, and when to drink coffee and how much to consume without affecting your sleep. Now today in the episode, we're going to talk about napping, we're going to talk about alcohol, so we're going to revisit the question of things like alcohol consumption and how much you can have and how that can potentially impact your sleep results. Olivia's going to talk about a five-step approach to getting back to sleep, the best sleep advice for those of you that are shift workers, uh, what the recommended amount of sleep is, and finally, Olivia's going to tell us about her sleep chronotypes and the different sleep requirements for the different chronotypes. Without further ado, we'll jump straight back into it. How are you going, Olivia? Feeling pretty good. I just want to jump into alcohol, but just before that, what is the optimum amount of time to have a nap? So under 30 minutes. If you don't have 30 minutes to spare, set a time for 20 minutes. Okay. And what's the science behind that small amount of time? It keeps your body in in light sleep, so stage one and stage two non-REM sleep. If you go beyond 30 minutes, it's possible that your body starts going into those deeper sleep stages such as stage three, four, non-REM sleep. And what happens is when we wake up from a deep sleep stage, this is when we experience sleep inertia, which is that feeling of being drunk upon waking. So you definitely do not want that. Otherwise, you're going to wake up feeling worse from your nap. And so keeping it at that nice maximum 30 minutes period keeps you in that light sleep stage. Okay, that's great. Now, on to alcohol, and I'll try and segue there. So you're saying I can't have espresso martinis from 12 o'clock? Look, if you want to start the day with an espresso martini, you know, like, hey, I'm in Italy, I'm I'm all for it. But <laughs> <laughs> So espresso martinis are probably the worst drink you could ever have for your sleep because, of course, you're going to be having that, you know, close to bedtime. You know, Depend, depends how early you start, Olivia. I like that you think that I would have it that late, but okay. <laughs> uh. Yeah, well, I am in Italy, so, you know, it's, yeah. and I was just in Mykonos for like for like 24, 25 days, and trust me, like cocktails at breakfast were more common than cocktails not at breakfast. Yeah, that's what I'll be going for, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, so alcohol, so... Um, so, you know, strong correlations with problematic sleep. So what its main problem is, it suppresses REM sleep, which is that deep sleep stage that occurs 
around 3, 4, 5 a.m. in the morning. So this is why we wake up constantly around, you know, in that early part of the morning after going out drinking because our body can't get into deep sleep. As a result of not being able to get into deep sleep, the functions of REM sleep, which alcohol therefore suppresses, is memory consolidation and emotional regulation. So it's not just that you wake up feeling awful because you are hungover and you're probably dehydrated and you probably haven't had enough sleep. The other reason is because your emotional regulation has not been able to be effective throughout your REM sleep. And so you wake up being moody from that. And this is also why, you know, if it's, we wake up being unable to remember anything because memory consolidation has been limited throughout the evening. So alcohol does that. And then it also contributes to something called the rebound effect, which is when after the depressive effects of alcohol, because, you know, it's not a stimulant, it's a depressant on the central nervous system. Um, what it does is when the depressive effects wear off, then our bodies have an exacerbated spike in awakening hormones, namely cortisol. And so this is why we wake up. We don't just wake up feeling like rested. We wake up sweating yeah. profusely or, you know, feeling like we've got the energy of a thousand suns because it's like a jack-in-the-box. It's like we've had the depressing effect and then all of a sudden our body's like explodes with energy. We're like, oh, my God, because it's just trying to regain that balance, right? Yeah. Right. So, so this is why we, we get anxious when we're hungover. Yeah, exactly mm. right, because our body last night was depressed and then the next morning, the next day, our body is like, is like charging mm. with these hormones that are the opposite of depression, which is adrenaline, cortisol, because our central nervous system is trying to reach this place where it just doesn't feel depressed anymore, but it doesn't know how to just go back back to its normal. It just tries to, you know, go on this, just produce too much, yeah, which, okay. yes, does get worse the more you drink. Yeah. Both in terms of binge drinking and also chronic drinking. Yeah. So just on this last part for the alcohol, is there a an amount that Olivia would sign off and say that would be okay and not affect your sleep, or is it just any alcohol you can't sleep well? It's it kind of falls in the same bucket as caffeine. Mm. For the best results, don't have it. But I understand, especially in Italy, <laughs> alcohol is part of a lot of people's lifestyles. I'll be honest, it's part of my lifestyle. I understand all the research. I understand that. Sure, I'm going to sleep better without alcohol, but it's something I really enjoy and it's something that is I look forward to and it's something that it doesn't ruin my life. It doesn't cause catastrophe and I can happily have one drink, two drinks, and that's okay. And so in terms of alcohol, you know, for best results for your sleep, yeah, don't have anything at all. But if you want, you know, what's a safe limit? One. Yeah. And also have it as early in the day as possible so then you've got zero alcohol in your body um, when you're going to sleep. Okay, so it sounds like a breakfast cocktail, maybe a mimosa. 
Mimosa. Maybe an espresso I'm, martini? Are they always in a mimosa? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, just... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think um I think it's important to, you know, give people information and then what they do with that information is yeah. is up to Absolutely. Now, sometimes like I've experienced this myself, you'll wake up in the middle of the night, not having alcohol, not having caffeine, you'll just wake up in the middle of the night. Um, say maybe something's on your mind or whatever it might be. Have you got some tips on if you wake up in the middle of the night and you find it hard to get back to sleep? how you would actually approach that. Yeah, I have a five-step plan of how to approach that definitely. So step one is to, if you're awake longer than 20 minutes, get up out of bed. Step two is to put blue light glasses on. Now they are the red lenses. I have ones that I recommend that I'm happy to link for your community, including my discount code in the show Fantastic. Notes. Um, yes, we all love we all love a shout out. That's right, yeah. love that. Uh, then, so put on your blue light glasses. Then you want to either read, journal, or write or, or meditate. Okay, notice in those things I did not say get your phone and start scrolling. I did not say grab your phone, start emailing. No, avoid phone use. Our phones further stimulate the brain. So your chances of getting back to sleep are a hell of a lot higher if you avoid using your phone. So instead, funnel your mental energy into reading, writing, or meditating. Focus your brain. Very, very important. In addition, using lavender, that calming scent can be helpful. So diffusing lavender, applying it to your skin. And then only returning to bed when you are sufficiently tired to literally go to sleep. That is my recommendation for how to get back to sleep and something that, um, you know, my private clients have used time and time again and literally within like two days of doing that practice, they are able to fall back to sleep within, you know, 20 minutes opposed to two hours, three hours. Yeah. Okay, great. That's very comprehensive reply. How about some of our listeners are actually shift workers and mm. we all know that shift workers obviously wake up and go to sleep at different times. So what's your best sleep advice for them? See a sleep coach. <laughs> no, one, see a sleep coach. But the thing is that um, because of all sleep, so sleep through the day is not natural, is not normal. For anyone that is a shift worker, typically they have the worst sleep quality. They'll have a, a lot of associated problems to do with poor quality sleep, including anxiety, depression, being overweight, having memory problems. Like there are so many problems that are likely for those who are shift workers because of the fact that the body is not designed to sleep throughout the day. It's not part of our biology. And so you really need to take the greatest care with your sleep and use every single sleep sleep tool, every sleep supplement, every sleep diet hack, every light hack, every exercise hack you can. And so I say and so why I say, you know, come and see a sleep coach is because I couldn't tell you everything that I would recommend a, a person do because otherwise we would hear he would be here until 6 or 2 in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah. 
yeah, seeing a coach to really get your sleep and get your sleep patterns back is really, really important. But utilizing, I have a bedtime routine on my website that includes blocking out blue light, using lavender, reducing, sorry, saying goodnight to your phone or, you know, saying goodbye to your phone. Just on that saying goodbye to your phone, when do you do that? Before you? This one hour. One hour before? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then having a shower, having a magnesium-based sleep supplement, reading and using an eye mask. Now, that's my seven-step bedtime routine, my signature bedtime routine. It's available on my website as a PDF download because I make it, like to make it easy. So a shift worker, for example, and anyone who wants to improve their sleep should use that routine, shift workers especially, but the thing is that shift workers also need to couple that with melatonin for daytime sleeps usually and utilizing other factors as much as they can, you know, like napping at particular times and eating at particular times. There's a host of challenges that are inherent because you are a shift worker, which is why I recommend, you know, rather than just trying to figure it out on your own, you know, get some support because like it's really challenging for you. And without that support, you're not just going to sleep badly, but your mood is going to be impaired. You're going to be anxious, depressed. You're going to have problems with your weight. You're going to have problems with your appetite. Like, and I don't want anyone to feel like, who's up against that, that they should just figure it out on, the, on their own. No. Yeah. Or, or anyone, you know, with, with sleep problems in general. Like, as you can see, there are people like me who have a lot of knowledge that can help. And so, you know, there are certain times that we shouldn't just try and figure things out ourselves. We should actually just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go and yeah. get and listen to somebody who can actually genuinely help and see the changes and start to live properly again. And that's why that's why I feel like anyone with sleep problems or a shift worker should should seek me out specifically. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I want to ask you about your chronotypes, uh, bear line and wolf very soon. But I'll just before I do that, I just want to ask you, so when should someone go to bed and as in what time, for example, to get the right amount of sleep? And how much is the right amount of sleep? Because I've, I've heard and read some stuff, and, and does that change with age? Mm-hmm. How much sleep is the optimal amount of sleep? Does it change with age? The answer is that, yes, it does change with age. As we get older, we actually need less. But I'm not talking older, you know, as an adult. I'm talking like older adults. Yep. So Mature. Over, like, mature adults. Mature, mature. As my mom would like to say. <laughs> Right, right. So mature adults, they actually need like more like seven, seven to eight hours. But adults need seven to nine hours. Teenagers need eight to ten hours. Okay. I won't even go into children and babies. And yeah, little bubs. They seem like when they first are born, they sleep for. Do you know newborns sleep twenty hours a day? Did you say twenty hours a day? Wow. Imagine that. 20 hours a day of sleep. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> right? So, yeah, it does change with age. It also changes depending on your chronotype, which you asked me about that before. So, that's interesting that interlaced in this question here. 
So some chronotypes, so there are three chronotypes, which one is a lion, which is a person who wakes up early and likes to go to bed early. And then, right, I'm just, I'm going to answer answer the the chronotype question first, actually, and then I'm going to come back to optimal sleep because I think it'll make more more sense. So you asked chronotypes before. Chronotypes are our reflective of our circadian preferences, which is essentially, do we need to wake up and go to sleep early or late? Now, everyone has a preference. Preferentially, naturally, I like to wake up and go to bed early. I've got, and that makes me what is called the lion chronotype, which means I like to get up around six and I like to go to bed around 10. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got the wolf chronotype. They like to get up around 8 o'clock and go to bed around midnight or potentially even later for both wake and sleep times. Then you've got the bear. They're in the middle. They like to get up around 7, like to go to bed around 11, 11.30. Now, that's the most simple explanation of a chronotype, but there is much more to chronotypes. For example, different chronotypes have different sleep needs. Now, the lion technically needs, or statistically needs the least amount of sleep. They can feel generally well rested on seven to eight hours. The bear needs statistically the most sleep. They feel the most rested between eight to 10 hours. And the wolf needs between seven to nine hours. So we do have, and so they're, they're in the middle. So it's, yeah, so, so we have different sleep needs. Why we have different sleep needs is largely reflected on our biology. So there are certain genes that code for if you have this gene, you need less sleep. And there are certain environmental factors as well. For example, how much stress we're under, we usually need more sleep, which is ironic because usually we can't get to sleep when we're stressed. Um, Also, when we are much sleep, stress, depending on our diet, that can affect how much sleep we need, our sleep supplements. But yeah, the the main two factors as a very top-line view about how much sleep we need are our genes and how much stress we're under. Which, and our genes relate to our crime as well. So I guess there's three factors. Yep. Okay. And just coming back to the question around, you know, when should we go to bed and when when should we wake up? So, for example, if you said that, uh, you, I think you mentioned that you're a, a lion and you need seven to eight hours sleep. So does that mean that you would go to bed at, say, 10 and, say, wake up at somewhere between five and six? And would the idea be that you go to bed every night at 10? So that it's consistent, is that, or, or is the is the wake time more important? So I guess what I'm trying to say is, to keep that sleep consistent, what's more important, the wake up time or the, the time you go to bed? Mm, well, usually, if if the wake up time is the same, then and the amount of sleep you need is the same, then your bedtime will be relatively the same. Yeah, okay. Maybe in a different way if I ask that. Say if you're heading to bed later than normal, so say if you're heading to bed at, say, 12 instead of 10 in that example, do you then just still wake up between 5 and 6 or do you then 
sleep in and wake up two hours later than you otherwise would have. Yeah, yeah, I understand now. So yeah. you want to keep, yeah, yeah, you definitely want to keep the wake time the same. If you have not had enough sleep that night, then you leave space if you can in your day, even for a short 26-minute nap, for example, or yeah. a 30-minute nap because then you um, have the capacity to replenish some of the some of your you know energy for throughout for the rest of the day but yeah definitely having the same wake time is really important because otherwise what happens is if you sleep in like two hours in the morning then it means that that night you again aren't going to be tired until that later sleep time and then so your body starts in that whole later pattern and so instead of going to night at 10 and waking up at six if you go to bed by night at 12 and then wake up at 8, that night again you go to bed at 12, wake up at 8, and then it just continues from that. Okay. So so when you wake up, that sets you up for the day. Yeah. And you need to you need to maintain that as being more important than the, the sleep, go to bed time. Correct, correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, great. Well, look, um, Olivia, that's been really insightful. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you and not only online, but also what services do you have and, and can you offer people? Two-part question, one-part answer. People can find me online on Instagram. That's my favourite social media because I like pretty pictures. <laughs> if you type in sleep expert, I'm usually the first one that comes up or I'm Olivia Arizolo. Outside of that, they can find me online. If you type in my name, Olivia Arizolo, I've got a beautiful, beautiful website that my web team and I worked very hard on. So I'd be very pleased if everyone checked that out and they can download that free PDF bedtime routine with my signature bedtime routine that we went through before and they can take the quiz and find out what if they're a lion or a bear or a wolf and find out some really specific tips that I advise for you depending on your chronotype. So those are the two best places online. And in terms of my services, so I have private coaching. I'm developing some retreats for next year, which is really exciting. I've got an online program, which is really cool because you can just literally buy it anytime you need, anytime you want. You can log in. Everything's there. And even if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you can't get back to sleep, you can. (laughs) I wouldn't necessarily advise this, but it is nice to know that, you know, something that's going to work it in the middle of the night and then I do sleep seminars and sleep workshops for say like a corporate business and that can be over zoom especially because I am in Italy I feel like a lot of your audience will be in Australia so I happily offer that zoom service as we all are well familiar with in our COVID times yeah and then I also, I guess one of my other services, it's not so much to the, you know, somebody who's sleep deprived, more to a, you know, business with a sleep product is that I partner with sleep sleep products that I believe in and that I approve of only. And I'm a media ambassador for them and, uh, you know, a spokesperson for the brand. And so I've got lots of knowledge. It can be executed in lots of ways. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Oh, thanks. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there um, and thanks again, Olivia.
Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been it's been beautiful and insightful, and I hope this helps many, many of your listeners. And I can't Absolutely. wait to hear from everyone. Nothing <laughs> please. I'm sure you I'm sure you know nothing pleases more when you know if you, somebody slides into your DMs. They're like, "Oh, I heard you on, I heard your podcast on da 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 da. This was fantastic." And you're like, "Thank you," because it makes my time so much worth more worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, couldn't agree more. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for listening to the Holistic You podcast, where we inspire you with the confidence to live a happy, healthy, and more balanced life. If you found today's content meaningful, please tag me in your stories or posts or follow me on Instagram. Like and subscribe and leave a five-star written review.